Hello, everyone. I'm Christina Morrissey, and today a fascinating biotech investment opportunity that I know is going to interest you on a number of different levels. Have you ever had or do you know someone that has had a wound that was really difficult to heal? Wound care is a multi-billion dollar industry and the longer a patient has a wound, the more likely it is that complications will occur that both extend and multiply costs physically, emotionally and financially. And as our population ages and skin becomes more fragile, it's an even bigger issue. So let me throw a stat at you. In America last year, 6.5 million people had a difficult to heal wound and the cost to their community, US $25 billion. So where do you think the solution might come from? Would sheep from New Zealand be your first thought? Wasn't mine either, but thankfully, one innovative Kiwi veterinarian thought differently, and so today on Stock Insiders, we're exploring the potential of Aroa Biosurgery, ticker ARX, on the ASX, and it's innovative tech that is changing the way doctors treat wound care, and it's dramatically changing outcomes. Our guide is founder, CEO, and the innovator behind this tech, Dr. Brian Ward. Brian, hello, and welcome to Stock Insiders. Hello, it's great to be here. Thank you for the chance to talk. No, it's really looking forward to sharing this with everyone. And before we get into the nitty gritty of the tech and Aroa, tell us about your background. You were a very successful vet for many, many years. Yeah, I started my career as a vet. So I spent some time in clinical practice and um, did a little bit of equine practice, a little bit of spinal practice. Um, and then I worked in uh, healthcare, uh, pharmaceutical medical device companies. So I worked with Baxter and then uh, GSK. So what led you to the world of biotech and innovation then? Uh, I've always been interested in new product development and innovation. And you know, it really attracted me the ability to kind of um, innovate and develop new products. I've always had a curiosity about that. Mm. So as a veterinarian surgeon or vet surgeon, obviously wound healing is a really big part of the successful treatment of your patients. So tell us about wound healing and the impact it can have on people's lives. Yeah, so you know, many people have um, wounds that are very difficult to heal, particularly as they get older, and their healing um, responses are quite poor. So you know, that's one that's one bucket of patients. The other bucket of patients is um, people that suffer, you know, dramatic tissue loss. So, for example, patients that have um, you know suffered trauma or had you know large um, tissue excisions, where perhaps maybe for cancer they've had tissue removed. So we're kind of left with these big holes that need to be fixed and need to be he healed rapidly. So tell us about the first bit of biotech you created to come up with a solution to this problem. What does it actually do? Yeah, so um, what we've created is a scaffold for soft tissue regeneration. And it does a couple of things. It provides a structure that um, cells can migrate into and multiply. And then by doing that, produce new tissue. Um, as well as having that structure, it has signals within it that attract cells into that structure and encourage those cells to divide and create new tissue. So that's the secret behind our Aroa ECM technology. So the scaffolding that you have created comes from 
animal material. I mean, animal material is used in a number of innovations to assist humans, but what led you to look at sheep, apart from the fact that the view in New Zealand obviously always contains a lot of sheep? What led you to look at sheep? Yeah, to solve the problem. Just look out the window. Yeah. Look, I think the um, this there's a special type of uh, tissue called extracellular matrix that um, holds the code for tissue regeneration. And so, um, you know, in the last 20 years, there's been a lot of research around um, this type of tissue. And interestingly, um, different um, tissues within the body have different um, amounts of this tissue. And, you know, I got really curious about um, different sources of the tissue, where you could isolate it from, and the um, function and performance um, of that tissue. And so what's really interesting in um, sheep and animals and cattle, you know, cattle as well, is that they have this very large organ called the rumen, and it has a particularly thick, large sheet of this um, material that encapsulates the whole organ. So it was like an obvious source of this type of tissue. Um, it's abundant um, and it has, you know, it's a it's very strong, it has a great structure, and it's very rich in these signaling molecules. Does it matter where the sheep come from? I, I probably a strange question, but does it matter if they're sheep or anywhere in the world? No, I mean, it matters. Um, what, what's important is that uh, you're isolating it from relatively young animals because they're growing quickly and they tend to have um, quite high concentrations of these signaling molecules. Um, also, what's really important is... Um, that the animals are um, not exposed to diseases that could potentially be transmitted to humans. And what's great about um, New Zealand is it's like a um, it's like an isolated herd. So we don't have um, many of the diseases that exist in other parts of the world. Um, so it's relatively disease-free, which is fantastic. So really lowers um, the likelihood of disease transmission. You know, having said that, we we have to prove that. Um, this material has no risk of disease transmission and we treat the material through processing um, to sterilise it and make sure that, that um, there's no risk of that at all. Brian, at what point did you realise, hey, this idea could be financially viable? Um, I think when I saw the um, ease at which we could isolate this material, the uh, quality of the material and um, the response that it um the response that you got in healing with it. So it dramatically changes the rate at which tissue can be built. And when I saw that, I thought, gosh, this really has, you know, huge potential in a wide range of healing applications, not just wound care, but also lots of surgery applications as well. Well, you started with the wound healing. What came next? Yeah, so started in wound healing and then we progressed into sort of more complex procedures. So, you know, our... Um, you know, our first sort of foray into surgical procedures was in hernia um, repair. So we designed devices for um, treatment of um, complex hernias, and then we've progressed into soft tissue reconstruction. And so that is um, use in reconstructing uh, tissue, like in trauma and tumor resections, but also in breast reconstruction as well. Have you, has it been a standout success for you as far as patient outcomes go? Do you have a, a favorite amongst your products? 
Uh, look, I think our Myriad product has been phenomenal. I mean, we've seen um, un, you know, unbelievable um, responses to that product and the ability to build tissue really quickly and you know, change patients' lives. I mean, some massive um, soft tissue defects where you know, if you look at those 16, 20 weeks down the line, how quickly they've filled in and healed, you know, it's really um, very impressive. So, you know, some of those um, outcomes are just stunning. So, do you, Myriad, is Myriad the one you've got it in two? You've got the shaker form, a granular form, and a sheet form. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. So we have a, um, the sheets. You know, typically used um, uh, just across large sort of surface areas. The powder or um, granule form, if you like, we call it Myriad morsels, is sort of used where you've got um, a very uneven tissue and you're trying to fill in the little crevices and all the little cavities within a large wound bed. Um, so different different um, presentations for different um, use cases. Have the medical professionals and the surgeons that are using your, your current tech, have they influenced you or challenged you to innovate further? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, we have, um, you know, as we've been in the market longer, we've, you know, developed more um, presentations of the product. I mean, I think a good example of that would be the Myriad Morsels product. Originally, we started with just sheets, and then, you know, surgeons said to us, well, look, we have all these uneven wounds. We have wounds that tunnel into different parts of the body. It's not convenient to use sheets, or sheets aren't the best way to get the best healing outcomes. So they've had a huge influence on our product development. I think they've also helped um, encourage us to, you know, encourage us to sort of develop products for new sorts of applications as well, so new presentations. How did its use in uh, breast cancer treatment or breast augmentation come about? Uh, really through um, surgeons looking at the functionality of the material, the strength of the material, um, the suppleness of the material and its ability to um, hold um, implants in place, you know, for um, post vasectomy breast reconstruction. So I think it was, um, it's really the physical properties of the material. Um, in that particular application, we've also incorporated, um, you know, synthetic fibres into the material to provide additional strength and resilience. So how much more broadly then could the biotech that you've come up with be used? Where can you see it going to? Or where would you like to see it going to? Oh, look, yeah, look, I think... Um, you know, there's a whole range of different sorts of soft tissue um, applications where it can be used. I think over time, you know, we are seeing um, our product be used in combination with other technologies and a really um, sort of widespread technology now in, um, in treating complex wounds is the use of a technology called negative pressure wound therapy. And more, you know, increasingly we're seeing um, our myriad uh, product be used in combination with negative pressure wound therapy and it's one of those situations where it's like a one plus one equals three you know it really um, augments the capacity of the body to heal and takes healing to a whole new level so that's really exciting that's such a um, common treatment methodology you know we think we can really um, you know increase the rate of healing for patients that are receiving negative pressure wound therapy.
Can you see a time in the future when there'll be an innovation of the tech uh, that it will allow us to have access to it via our chemist to heal wounds faster at home, or would that be too hard? Uh, potentially down the line. I mean, I think this is a product that's really, we've started um, with using it in the hands of physicians and surgeons. I think over time, um, as it becomes more widely spread, you know, there's no reason to think that it couldn't be something that um, where there's versions of this for, you know, for consumers. Yeah. Look, you've got regulatory approval in 50 countries, is it? Yes. I think 50, yeah. It's, I think it's interesting to note that you gained FDA approval rather than seeking approval in New Zealand or Australia first. Obviously, the US is a huge market that you're you're purposefully targeting. Yeah, no, we did. I mean, from day one, the company's really been focused on being successful in the US. And so, um, you know, in a way, being successful in Australia or New Zealand was probably not going to make us successful in the long term as a company. So, you know, we focused on the US. Um, it's got one clear regulatory regime with very high standards. Um, if you can succeed in the US, I think you can succeed anywhere. So I think it set a high bar for us as a company um, and really kind of encouraged us to um, to be at the top of our game. And I think that's um, served us really well. So we, you know, we worked through a couple of different ways in terms of um, selling in the US, but you know, it's certainly from a commercial perspective been very successful for us. Now, will it come to Australia and New Zealand? Yeah, we're working on that at the moment. So we are selling um, here in New Zealand, um, and so we have um, a couple of versions of our products for sale here. Um, we've recently had an approval from the TGA for our Myriad product, um, and we have um, another product, our Overtex product, um, with the TGA at the moment. So we would expect to launch um, in Australia within the next um, 18 to 24 months. Right. Let's talk about the company itself and its journey. You started back in 2008, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so um, did a seed round in 2008 with a small um, group of investors, so quite some time ago. Yeah, you list, and then you listed in 2020, very patient. What prompted you to take it from a private company to, to being listed? Yeah, I think, you know, when in the early stages of the company, we um, – you know, we, we've always been reliant on raising capital to keep the company um, going. And so in those early stages, um, we were only able to access relatively small amounts of money. And I think, you know, through that time, um, you know, we developed the product, we developed the manufacturing process. Um, you know, we, we commercialised our products in the US through um, two partners, but we never really had the capital to be able to um, build out our um, organisation in our own right. And I think the opportunity came along for us to um, to be able to, you know, raise a lot more capital through listing on the ASX. And so, you know, we pursued that and that's been, you know, enormously successful for us. You know, it's allowed us to um, put our own team in place um, in the US now. So pretty critical to pro a pr critical part of the process to accelerating what you're doing. Absolutely, yeah. How big a part of what you're doing are, are your R and D expenses? Yeah, R and D is um, you know it's a, quite a considerable investment for us. You know, we spend about you know we're currently spending about ten million dollars a year. Um, you know, what's interesting now is that's beginning to um, you know reduce or flatten out as a um, percentage of our sales. So you know, it's probably um, you know, we'd see that tracking towards 10% of sales over the next couple of years. So, you know, we do have a big commitment to um, to ongoing R&D, but we have, you know, we're now at a stage where we've got, um, you know, a good solid product portfolio and, you know, plenty of opportunity with the products that we have. 
Yeah. What's driving the interest from the institutional investors? Because I noted that they were more than happy to jump on board with your, your raising capital for expenses. Yeah, I think, um, you know, Aroa is at an inflection point. And so we've been, you know, our sales have grown strongly over the last three years. Um, we are now at a stage where we are becoming profitable. So last year we um, broke even. You know, this year we'll um, be, you know, positive um, again. And then, you know, next year we expect to be strongly profitable. So I think the institutional investors like the growth profile, they like the profitability profile. And, you know, we've got a long-term advantage in this market and we think we can build a big company. Yeah. I mean, I noted when I looked at the figures at the start of the year, um, you've had huge improvements on the forecast margins that you put in for the start of the year. So yeah. is that what's driving that growth as well? Yeah, I think that's the thing about the business. Um, you know, not only is revenue growing, but margins growing as well. You know, we're highly profitable at a gross margin level. So, you know, our gross margins are in excess of 85%. So very strong for a medical device company. So um, you know, it puts us in a really good position. Tell us about Telebio. Uh, Telebio. That's your commercial sales partner in, in the US. What has that venture brought to the company in the tech? Yeah, so Telebio um, is a NASDAQ-listed company that was founded on a licensing agreement with us um, for our hernia and um, breast um, reconstruction products. And so, you know, they've been hugely helpful in terms of um, – you know, developing our ROA, they're responsible for 50% of our sales. Um, they have you know, made significant investments in clinical development, clinical studies in the US, um, and in new product development in breast and in hernia. So, you know, they've also um, built awareness of our technology in the US as well. So I think between our own direct sales efforts and, um, and telesales efforts, it's been um, reinforcing for both companies um, to be able to build profile for each other. So they've been hugely helpful. So if 99% of your revenue is coming from the US, when you choose to take that step to expand, what will that be meaning? Yeah, so at the moment we're, um, you know, we are um, selling through local distributors in um, markets outside the US. So um, we're in Europe, um, we're in South America, um, we're in Southeast Asia as well. Um, you know, I think the step for us will, it'll be probably gradual over the next three to five years. So we see those sales um, increasing um, through those local distributors. Um, you know, we see ourselves putting more support on the ground um, for those distributors as well. I think in the, in the next three to five years, um, our main focus is, is the US. Um, and, we, you know, we're going to continue to invest in growing our sales team. So we're at about 50 people or so there. And I see it, you know, we see ourselves building that team out to be 100, 120 people. If you had to state the point of difference between what you're doing in this space and what other companies are doing, what is it? Yeah, there's, there, there's probably three things. I think uh, the first thing is the rate of soft tissue regeneration with this technology is um, very different and very noticeable. So that's one. I think in many of these surgeries, one of the complications with using um, uh, these types of materials is that they um, can be prone to infection. Um, we don't see that. We are, our materials are commonly used in contaminated sites, and we don't see um, infection as a problem. And I think the third thing is just that the material itself is um, very ro robust, very persistent, and surgeons um, 
really enjoy working with it just because of its handling characteristics. Yeah, it's a, obviously a really good prospect for a bigger medical device company to buy. Would you like to see that happen or do you have other plans? Look, we're really focused on building a successful uh, company in its own right. And I think, you know, we, we're at a point where we can see the company um, standing on its own um, and being successful um, on its own. We've got a great, you know, we're building out a great sales team. We've got a great um, product portfolio. So, you know, I think that's, that's the main thing we can focus on and, um, you know, who knows what happens in the future. Yeah, very diplomatic answer. I, I was looking at a number of observations from analysts and there are a lot of buy recommendations. Yeah, look, we've got great um, support from analysts and I think um, you know, strong buys from um, most of the analysts. So I think, you know, at the moment, um, you know, with uh, the sort of small cap end of the market being, um, you know, relatively undervalued and, um, not a lot of money flowing into that into the market at the moment. I think there's you know really good opportunities um, to buy at you know really good price at the moment, and uh, I think everyone's got confidence about the future. Yeah, I mean, when you listed what share price is a dollar twenty five, wasn't it? It's gone. It has gone back substantially, but it's in line with the macro environment, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, if you look at you know when we listed, you know we were doing revenue of um, twenty million dollars, um, and you know we were burning cash. I mean now we're at um, you know, guidance is seventy two to seventy five, um, and we'll be profitable. So the company performance over the last um, three years has been very strong. Um, I think we have had the headwinds of, you know, the current macro environment, you know, interest rates have had a big impact on valuations. Um, but look, that's not going to last forever. And, you know, what we're focused on is just, you know, making the company perform and, um, you know, the rest of it will take care of itself over time. That's right. And there's a lot's happening, a lot's moving, as we've heard, and, and, and mm. other people can go right. Now, I happen to know that in your uh, Earlier years, you're a mad keen skateboarder. <laughs> I was, yes. I've lost, 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 a, lost a fair bit of lost a fair bit of skin. Was that perhaps you know? Imagine if your mum had had access to this tech when you were falling off your skateboard. That's right, exactly. I think she would have had it in her first day kit. I think you know, obviously, I I sort of developed an interest in um, skin repair early on in my life. So it's kind of been nice to um, close the circle a little bit at this end of my life. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. It's been a really interesting conversation, Brian. Thank you so much for your time today, and we really look forward to watching you know what you're doing, both as far as healing people go, and you know the potential on the stock exchange as well. Great, thank you very much. It's been a real pleasure. No problem. That's our founder, CEO, and the innovator behind the tech, Dr. Brian Ward. It's an interesting prospect on so many levels. Aroa Biosurgery, ARX on the ASX. Jump on board, do some research. I can sense the cogs in your mind ticking over. This is a bit of biotech that is already making major changes, a whole new class of technology, huge applications for reducing healing time and improving healing, which will, of course, drive better patient outcomes. Do your research. Thanks for your company. I'm Christina Morrissey, and we'll talk to you next time on Stock Insiders.